Hello, guys and girls, and welcome to episode 38 of the VR Inside podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. You can tune into the show live at the new times of 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. If you miss the live show, you can catch up with the whole show as I re-upload it every Sunday to my own YouTube channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. Or check out the audio-only version, which is available on Google Play Music, iTunes, and on SoundCloud. If you enjoy the audio version, please leave us a review, because that would really help us out. If you've got any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, please put them in the chat, and we'll try to answer as many questions as we can. So if you're new to the show and you've never seen an episode of this show before, let me introduce you to the team. First up, this guy loves to see the sparks fly by playing with fireworks in virtual reality. And I'm not talking about M80s. No, no, no. I'm talking about m Nathies. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> it is uh, Nathie. How you doing, dude? You all right? Yes, I'm. I'm juggling with grenades in my in my spare time, and uh, one more one more word joke. Uh, I, I don't know any any other nati uh, words here, but uh, what about nati? What about nati potato? That was a classic, uh, right? Illuminati <laughs> yeah, confirmed. That's also one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but I'm yeah. doing alrighty tighty. Yes, thank you for asking. Good, good. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. So next up, this guy wants you to be his goose to his maverick when he takes to the skies in virtual reality and is, of course, our resident rowdy guy. How you doing, dude? You all right? I'm all right. I'm all right, dude. I'm actually doing great. I'm not I'm not in my usual spot, as you can see. I'm actually in my, yeah. in my parents' place today. So, uh, yeah, change the location, change the scene. But you're, you're at the summer mansion. Yeah, the summer <laughs> mansion. My summer mansion. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, and next up, if you're wondering how Zim hurt his back, well, it's a little known fact about Zim that he's actually Tom Green's stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, dude? You all right? How's your back nowadays? Yeah, I keep putting my bum on a fence and then on, on the lawn. No, things are things are okay there. So, uh, you know, uh, I can't say improving yet, but I'm working on it. So, uh, but everything else is good. You know, life is good in general, and. There's, um, I'm enjoying my go, I'm enjoying my rift, um, just, you know, having fun with a bunch yeah. of kind of simple titles at the moment, so. Yeah, it's a great time to be in VR, that is for sure, yeah. that is for sure. So last but by no means least, myself, Mike, the host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about Rec Room Royale. Are you hungry for some chicken dinners in virtual reality? Uh uh, we're a forest. Uh, will this update to the forest make it the VR survival crafting game we've all been looking for? Well, stay tuned to find. And finally, we're going to be talking about the Vive Focus updates. HTC are adding six degrees of freedom, controller support, hand tracking, and streaming of desktop VR games. So all this information will be coming up later on in the show. But we're going to start this week's show like we always do nowadays, and that is to find out what everyone has been playing this week. So let's find out uh, what Nathy has been up to uh, first. Okay. Well, uh, be before I start talking about my game, I'm sorry for the for the twitching in my webcam. I'm, I'm getting jammed by aliens at the moment, and uh, <laughs> I can't do much about it. Uh, no, it's my motherboard. It's, it's usually like a little, uh, yeah, you know. But anyways, uh, yeah, happens, you know, happens. But uh, yeah, I, I played a lot of games. I played uh, some stuff on the Oculus Go. I played some stuff on the Oculus Rift. So I went from uh, mobile to PC, and... Uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I decided to play Toy Box with you, Mike, um, because yeah. that was on my list for a while now. And uh, as you may know, Toy Box uh, launched together with the Oculus Touch, as far as I know. Uh, it, it's basically a well co-op experience demo thing and where you can just uh, play with toys together. So you have a table and Mike is on one side of the table, I'm on the other side, and we can uh, play with the physics, we can just mess around. There's no goal in this game. You can just uh, destroy things, you can build towers, you can... But physics-wise, it's a very impressive uh, uh, title. And, and lots of those physics in Toy Box are not even in, in, in the games you see now. Mm, that's, that's true. That's, it's the same with First Contact. I um, I did a demo this week to someone showing First Contact, and I was like, how many games have you played where you can flick things for a puzzle or where you need to really push mm. buttons in a way that First Contact does? Yeah. It's yeah. very rare. So I'm like, have, have the developers never learned from these experiences? Because they are not only there to uh, show people the 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 potential of VR, but it also gives um, developers the opportunity to start off as well. So I'm not sure what you guys uh, think about this, but that's something I noticed. You yeah, know? I think a lot has to do with that as well with like, since a lot of people like develop also for the HC Vive and then you don't have the finger tracking. And then with Oculus, you do have it, but then, you know, you don't want to separate that market and like just only HTC and just only Oculus. So I think it's safer for a lot of developers just not to include that kind of stuff. Exactly. Well, first contact, of course, is, is an Oculus experience. That's exactly well, what maybe Mark that would was saying. Yeah, 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 for a course, long time. He was saying that basically all the, you know, you're going to have your control mechanisms out there and there's going to be a center point where just developers kind of hone in on what's common across these platforms. And unfortunately, mm. it's hard to get away from that to what you said, yeah. Rodney. Maybe when the Knuckles comes out and that's got finger tracking on it, maybe that some of those things will yeah. correlate over and maybe all developers will implement them. I've even noticed it with like Oculus uh, uh, exclusives where you also don't really see mm, that yeah. happen that much. There are titles where they nail it, like Lone Echo, for example, but oh. there are enough where it's like, why can I not press this button? Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about Red Matter because I'm sure someone else wants to talk about that. But when uh, I was playing that game, there were moments where I could go to like a control uh, uh, panel and I was trying to push the buttons, but I couldn't do it. There was nothing like my hand was just going through the wall. So. After playing First Contact, my expectations got a little higher again for what the standard should be. You know, like you're you're expecting buttons to work. You expect uh, cans to just uh, flip when you when you touch them that way. You know, so mm -hmm. I still think that the touch controllers can be used so much better in in many games. Uh, but mm -hmm. hey. Uh, so it's funny because obviously I jumped into uh, Toybox with you and uh, one of the funny things was like you say we were really playing around with the physics of the game and at one point we had a load of uh, M80s all piled up which are M80s uh, piled up with these sort of uh, fuses all pointed together and then we had a lighter which was on fire and then we used other lighters uh, stacked up like dominoes like on a little trail and then we used a uh, remote control tank to kick off the domino sort of uh, you know effect, and that sort of tripled them up and fired off. It was it was really really fun. 
you know, messing around with all the physic mechanics uh, and, the, and those things together. It's, that showing, was a lot fun. The, it's showing off the, the power of like, you know, social interaction. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and, and this is one of those great examples where you can just step into together with your friends and really feel like you're there together messing around. Although what you really don't want to experience is when you look under a virtual desk and there is a little Nathy Smeagol hiding underneath there calling out your name. That's just terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I just, I have to call this out from chat. Someone said, <laughs> so I don't really understand spoken English. Are these four guys discussing four stages of growing a beard? Yeah, that, that's what it looks like. That's a funny one. Yeah, I'm the one that never grows a beard. Just saying, but uh, I'm the one who forgets to shave. <laughs> that's his excuse. We we should really put it in a, in, in like a certain uh, um, order, so it yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Zim, what have you been playing this week? And just for um, clarification, last week you mentioned a game, Vulcan, right? Yep. Um, and it was like a kind of uh, a game for the Oculus Go that sounded really interesting. But like, I went to try and find it. I couldn't find it. And we had a little chat just before the show. Uh, and the game is pronounced Vulcan as in V-O-L-C-A-N. Is that right? Uh, it's actually, so it's, it's a, I just put it in chat. So V-O-L-K-A-N is how you spell it. Right. So if you're right, looking okay. for it, uh, even if you searched for vol, as in volume, I think you'd find it. And the game, right. it's on Oculus Go. Uh, I gave it a big thumbs up because it's the kind of game that, I think it's got a fair amount of replayability. You'd probably only do 20 minutes in a session, but it was basically, the, it's Pathfinder. So you're you're having to move with your head, and then it's a platformer, and it's roguelike. So you try to keep going as long as you can. Right, yeah, right. So, cool, thanks, I'll check that out. Hopefully people yeah. will be able to find it now. Yeah, yeah. So what else have you been up to this week then, dude? So um, again, I'll, I'll end up on the go again because my, my favorite surprise title of the week was was definitely on go. Um, a game that I've I'll, I'll leave that for last. So the the games I've I've played this week, we had our we have a fortnightly race publicly on Sunday with the set of Corsa, so that was good fun as always. Um, we played the Forest, which is one of those titles that been waiting for donkey's ears to play. I mean, it was literally 2014 if I remember when they first advertised it. And it was like, yeah. oh, right. And it was supposed to come out then with VR support. And then we kind of learned that that wasn't going to happen. So I just held off buying it. So I did three hours in that this week. And then um, and then Red Matter, uh, again, did three hours in that. And the game that I wanted to mention in terms of the Go is a, is a game title that if you're an American, you will have seen on game shelves over the last 20 years. Uh, it's a real classic. And I literally have never played one because it's for rednecks. Uh, it's Deer Hunter on the go. Okay. And okay. I have to say that the rifle model, the guns that they've got in the game, the way the thing works, the way you pull up the sight and scope and you go for like a lung shot or a heart shot with a particular animal, actually makes you feel kind of like a hunter. Like it's relatively simple, but they've done it really well and you just upgrade and then you get better guns and better accessories for your guns and then it just like keeps going. But the modeling in it was a lot better than I was expecting. I was expecting it to be a kind of a trashy game, but I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, so how so can can you just walk around in that game? Because usually like nope. Deer Hunter is pretty about like exploring the, the, the world and try to find Um is that true though? Because I'm I'm from my familiarity with Deer Hunter, you're you're generally in a scene. Uh there was a game, but it's not Deer Hunter, which came out which was basically free roam in a forest and try to it was like more of a hunter sim. I think Deer Hunter has for the most part been kind of like Oregon Trail where the hunting mode in Oregon Trail was you stay in place, things happen, and you're trying to kind of track yeah. down and shoot them. So it's more, you're in you're in one spot. Oh. Uh, you can use your head left or right like this to kind of move like WASDA, you know, left and right strafing. 
Uh, but beyond that, you're in one scene and there's animals around. So what you're really trying to do is there's an objective that you're given, like kill two baby deer. And then, you know, with your, with your, you know, with enough pints of ale in you, you feel like, okay, finally I can take the souls of these baby deer. And then no. you, you, wow. you blast one. And of course the others start to scatter. And before they get off the scene, you got to blast them too. So that's really the oh, premise oh. of the game. But what if I don't want to do that? Well, then yeah. there's a bunch of, uh, <laughs> the, game's, the game's not for vegans. It's oh. not for vegans. Yeah. Oh, there's no yeah. tofu yeah. shots yeah. in this. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned like a game like a hunting game because I I got into uh, playing bait on the Oculus Go. And I I've never been fishing in my life, and I've never really been interested in fishing. But uh, I was playing the Go for a long time, testing the battery out, and I just happened to find it. I think uh, Rowdy said that his dad was playing it, so I was like, I'll check. This played out it well. for like like maybe yeah. four or six hours straight. Whoa. Same here. Like I ended up playing it like for about two and a half, three hours straight because this just got so sucked it's into so it. So satisfying then. Well, it's my, just, my, my dad loves fishing. <laughs> it, it, it's got this weird zen type thing it about it where you're just very relaxed. You just cast in your little rod waiting for a fish to come and then sort of like pulling it in, <laughs> collecting all the fish. And then you've got this kind of story and yeah. uh, this like nice reward loop. So it's interesting that you mentioned the game that's very similar that sounds yeah. kind of boring, but it actually turns out to be a lot of fun. I played Bait about two weeks ago. It was one of the first things I played on the device. And, and yeah. I think Bait is... I played it until my Oculus Go overheated because I was charging and playing at the same time. And I think that was about three and a half hours or so. And then I had to shut it down. But as you say, like the animations are great. So the different fish look wildly different. And they're not just... They're, they don't just stay on like, these are fish in the world and that's all you can catch. Like they make up fish. So it's actually yeah. quite exciting. Yeah. It's a bit closer to um, remember that that PS4 game which I mentioned, which was Masters of the Deep, uh, which right, was right. a Final Fantasy game. It's kind of like that, yeah. actually, a bit yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Quite good. My, my dad, my dad went play went like uh, two full charges on that game. Like just I had to recharge <laughs> it completely, and then he went back in yeah. and just right. played it. He, and he didn't do anything because he didn't care about the story. He just wanted to do the fishing. And he, by the end, he had like I think like fifty six thousand dollars worth of fish. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. So what? What about you then, uh, Rowdy? What have you been? Uh, you've been playing this week. Yeah, I, I've been. Uh, well, I've been playing a little bit of Rap Matter, but uh, I'll leave that one to you. And then uh, I played. Uh, I actually played a few Oculus Go titles again. Like I played uh, once this time on the Oculus Go to try out how it worked there, which actually works uh, fairly smooth. Uh, uh, which is one of those games that also doesn't really need the six degrees of tracking, so that's a, that's a big advantage. I've uh, played, uh, uh, um, how is it called, uh, um, American, is it? Oh, right. American Sorry. Dream. I've played in yeah. that one. Uh, and then the one indeed that I wanted to uh, to mention was uh, was Overflight, uh, which I played in the Oculus Go, which is a, a flight simulator, but it's... Um, <laughs> I have a funny history with flight simulators. Like, I played uh, VTOL. I don't know if any of you guys ever played that one on the on the. Mm -hmm. Which is a really good flight simulator. I mean, it's really accurate, but it's so accurate that I literally can't like fly the plane. It was VTOL, 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 vertical takeoff Take and landing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what was what was the O stand for? Uh, um, hmm. off vertical oh, take vertical off, take off, off, yeah. take off landing. Yeah. yeah, okay. And because um, uh, I know a Viper did a, did a video on that, and I saw that video, I was like, oh man, that looks so cool. I want to try that too. And I tried it, and like literally, like on the like the vertical takeoff, my plane already crashed. Like <laughs> that was hilarious. But uh, but overflight is actually much more. Um, 
because there's not that many buttons, you know, you don't have the six degrees of tracking. So there's like much more limitation kinds of flying. But there is a storyline in there, which makes it kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I always like that when a game, even if it's a simple storyline, you know, I still mm -hmm. think it's better than none. Um, I'm not saying that the storyline is that good, but it does make it more interesting to play it. And they have this like kind of nice narration that goes through it. The graphics are not all that great, but I mean, for a mobile game, it's actually very, uh, very impressive. I really like that one. So yeah. How do you, how do you like fly a plane with a, a mm -hmm. actual or yeah, a gyro yeah. controller? Gyro, gyro scroll. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. right, so right. Controlled. And you've got like uh, buttons that you have to interact with and, and like yeah, levers like, and stuff. But it's like um, the the things that you need to do is like you know increase the speed like that is a, a, like a, a handle you can like pull forward and backwards you can open a door if like a crate needs to go out uh, and then huh. of course you have triggers uh, for like shooting which is kind of hard to do I didn't know like you know like if you see like in the movies like you know like Maverick and Goose like you seen him shooting and whatever <laughs> so that, that works like perfectly but I really had to because you you know when the, when the plane is that way you need to calculate like where the plane is going to be by the time that your bullets hit which of makes course. it a lot harder to like shoot things yeah cool. yeah. Cool. No, it sounds like sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you say, I, I played uh, uh, Red and um, like first off, I know we've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast just recently. But like first off, like the, the game graphically is is like so gorgeous. Like I think the the visuals are kind of like on par with uh, sort of Lone Echo standards in my mind. Like some of the best graphics on so far. Um, I also like the fact that it's a story-driven campaign. You know, we, we've been talking about that a lot just recently, that we feel like there's been a, a lack of story-driven games just recently. So it's a, a welcome sort of change to have a nice story uh, to sort of keep you coming back for more. Um, I also found that the, the, the puzzle designs were very cleverly designed, like purposely for virtual reality. It felt very natural and uh, it felt satisfying to solve them as well. Like certainly in some areas where you had like a intricate circuit boards where you had to use your little pincer hands to like take off like parts of the circuit and then change them around to make sort of like a bigger machine work that was really really cool <laughs> um but also like I, I like the fact that it's just like set in space you know i'm, I'm a big sci-fi fan and i've mentioned it before on the podcast that you know that i prefer sci-fi games over like fantasy games yeah, so like yeah. although we i know, appreciate skyrim hater we know that yeah well i was going to mention skyrim actually you know like i appreciate skyrim for what it is and i know that a lot of people out there love it but it's just it's just not my bag so to have a, a sci-fi game that i can really get my get my head yeah, into yeah. Uh, i, I was, got, I was I really got a question about. I got a question for you, Mike. Like, because uh, I mean, I played the game as well, but I, I obviously didn't get as far as you did. And can you, like, without spoiling, uh, say like how scary does it get? Um, so yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, uh, yeah. but yeah, it does get a bit spooky because there's some weird stuff weird going, stuff on. going on. Yeah, yeah. That's, okay. I won't go any further than that. All right. Um, cool. But like we mentioned it on last week's show as well that they've added smooth locomotion to the game. And yeah. I actually said last week that actually I don't mind, you know, uh, I don't mind a, like a space jump because if it's part of like the story narrative, you're in space after all. And it actually turned out that when I played the game, um, I turned smooth locomotion on and I ended up using that more than anything else. So, I, I, I completely... so it, it, it's the best combination ever. Yeah. Having that jetpack and then yeah. also have smooth locomotion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's great. So no. I completely redact what I said last week's show. Um, <laughs> I, I, I ended up playing it more smooth locomotion and then using the sort of jetpack boost for sections where it was required, where you had to jump over gaps, for example. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I preferred it actually smooth locomotion. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm really, it's one of those games that once I'd finished my little playthrough, I haven't finished it yet, but um, it's one of those games that I've been thinking about a lot since I played it. You know, I really sort of keep on 
getting that urge to go back and, and finish mm. the game. Like yeah. It, yeah. It's got that pull game, to the it. The gameplay which... mechanics in Red Matter are so freaking satisfying. The, the fact that you yeah. can you need to pull things, but really pull like yeah. like you do in real life and, 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 and turn things in a way where you really almost like feel like things are rusty or where it's like, oh, I really need to, Yeah, resistance is like present there and, and that's super nice. And yeah, as you said, the graphics are, are, uh, are cool. And, and for the people that don't like scary games, I mean, I haven't played the entire game yet. I'm usually also a guy who doesn't like to play spooky, scary stuff, but it's not that bad, okay? Yeah. I mean, you have you have cheap jump scares and you have ones that kind of freak you out or or make it more scary than it maybe is. It's like the the atmosphere is more creepy than yeah, you exactly. Know what I mean? it's, it's, yeah. So I haven't experienced any jump scares. You're so not far. getting you're as far as I know. You're not getting chased by crazy monsters no, or no. stuff like it, that. It's it's not like amnesia where you need to hide all the time because there is something no. walking around. No, it's more like hey. Uh, just it's a part of the storyline it's it's almost like yeah. scripted moments where it kind of gets tense yeah you yeah. feel very isolated you know because yes. you're on you're on this like facility you're on your own you're kind of exploring trying to figure out what's going on you have to translate everything because you don't speak the language and yeah. yeah it's a very cool game i'm really looking forward to going back and checking it out and i definitely recommend from what i've played so far uh that you check it out yourself i got a um, contentious also- question for you mike on this one then for red matter because i as much as I love the visuals, love the interaction, the UX, that they're nailing so many things. I, I, I'm going to ask you and Nathy about the same question, which is, so far in what you've played, like, where do you put it on the range of, of fun as opposed to experience? I find it really fun because I like puzzle games and I like story-driven narrative yeah. games and I like sci-fi games. So for me, it's like a, a great mix. Um, but it depends. Like if puzzle games aren't your bag because it's got some real hardcore puzzle elements to it, then maybe you're not going to enjoy it so much. And it's not like an action game where you've got a lot of shooting or there's a lot of stuff going on. Quite it's kind of that you've got to invest. You've got to investigate and that kind of thing. Yeah. Has it, anyone already tried it on the Vive? By the way. No. Like I, that's I. I wanted to try that, but since you're using Oculus Touch controllers in this game, it's just that's the thing, yeah. you know. If usually well, you just have hands and and but with this one, I mean, I, I think it could work. I like if you don't have a, a rift, then you still want to play this game. So I'm sure it, it could work in a way. It's just that if you look at your hands, they don't match with the, the ones yeah. you're holding. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a shame. But, yeah. But for me, like personally, this this game gave me a little bit of a alien isolation vibe, but mm. then without the alien, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's quite isolated, it right? There's like quite a. It's it very it's very quite slow paced. The puzzles, I say, yeah. are a halfway step towards abduction in that they're yeah. intelligent puzzles. They don't hold your hand. The reason I giggled earlier, Mike, is because there's a puzzle in one part where you're assembling a circuit board. And I did it all in the pitch yeah. dark because I hadn't figured out to flick two switches to turn the lights on. Yeah, yeah. And it took me a while to figure that one out um, as well. Like, I didn't realize there was a trick to that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I was on the subject of space adventures. Uh, sorry, go I on, asked, go on. I asked the, the chat as well what they were what they were playing uh, this week. Uh, I've seen a lot of like Archangel, Archangel Hellfire. I've seen uh, End Space, yeah. uh, Virtual Virtual Reality. There's a few games we were ah. from last time. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, like Granada. I'm glad that they're. I'm really glad that, that a lot of people are playing like Virtual Virtual Reality. Yeah, so this is like a really yeah. great title. So if you good. own an Oculus Go, you owe it to yourself to go and play that game. Yeah. Yeah. But whilst on the subject of space adventures, uh, I also went and saw the new Star Wars movie this week, uh, Solo. Oh. Uh, and I won't give away any spoilers. Um, but I have to say, I was 
I was actually really impressed with the movie. Like, yeah. I think I was on a bit of a downer after the, the like the, the yeah. Last Jedi, and I was a bit disappointed with it. So I went into Solo with like pretty low expectations, but um, I walked away from the cinema really satisfied. So uh, that's all I'll so, say about but- it. But. It's funny though that the guy who plays uh, how is he called again? Like Lando, Lando, Lando? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's the one that that also did the the uh, this is America video clip. Yeah, of course, it's of course. Kinda, like yeah. looking at it from that perspective is kind of strange, but uh, yeah, Donald Glover. Yeah, I, I like... love I love the idea of having like more side stories and having something mm. more like new because we're so used to all the characters from Star Wars, and then we get like you kind of need to get used to it, but. When it works, it's so nice because then you got an, another future in front of you with new characters and so much. So yeah. I don't know. I can fanboy about Star Wars here, but this is a VR podcast, right? We, so we also have JD Max saying, uh, "Speaking of space games, I saw Deadpool too." Oh, <laughs> hey. I really want to see that as well. There's so much out yeah. as well, like oh, Infinity my. War. I still haven't seen that either. So another movie I want to check out. But let's yeah. uh, go back to uh, on topic with uh, some virtual reality news and start with some sort of like quick news this week. Um, so first up is Budget Cuts uh, that is uh, launching this week. So uh, the hotly anticipated game from Neat Corporation, it's been sort of baking in the oven for some time now. Well, in fact, since like the Vive originally released, it's been baking. So hopefully a bit like a, you know, like a fine wine, it's sort of matured and it's become something that's going to be quite tasty. Like let's uh, keep our fingers and toes crossed for that one. Um, I still haven't actually played the demo myself. So I'm sort of looking forward to just going into the game completely blind uh, and just sort of seeing what it's all about. But from what I understand of the premise, you sort of, uh, uh, the, the sort of, building that you're in has been taken over by evil robots you've kind of got to escape and you've got to use stealth and knives to take out these sort of evil sentient beings uh, that are trying to kill you um but i also really like the look of the sort of um the teleportation mechanic because you guys have all played the demo right you sort of understand how that works Mm -hmm. because it kind of is like a bit of like a portal teleportation right um so it looks uh, very interesting, but like I say, it's been in development for some time. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how it turns out when it finally comes out, and that is on Thursday, which is the thirty first of May, and you can check it out on the Oculus Rift and HTC Vive on Steam. Mm. To describe that, I'd just say it feels a lot like the um, like those uh, those those kind of. Uh, spy films where like someone's doing something in a drawer someone opens the door and then they just like turn around and throw a pen and get it right in their jugular you know like that's how it is like throughout the action sequences of that game so. except for when i do it like it like misses the subject like, <laughs> like yeah like, and i need to like throw like four or five of them before i get it <laughs> oh, such a panic so are they, are they like limited do you have to like pick them up and yeah. collect the knives yeah, you need to collect oh them. they are okay yeah, okay yeah. that's interesting and that's there's interesting. A, like there's often a, i mean when i played the demo there was a lot of stuff like i because i threw so many knives i never picked them up again like yeah. <laughs> oh right the, the, so you gotta this, scoop them all up afterwards yeah I think that the sense of being in in tiny rooms, big rooms, and, and ceilings and things like that are so nice in in budget cuts. Yeah. What, what they do so well, uh, and I remember that from the demo, is um, that you have like you need to go into a ceiling, but you need to duck physically as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, Because that, if you stand nice. up, you, know, you, you can't see anything, and so you also oh. need to do it when you throw the portal. You need to <laughs> duck before you like open the portal where you go yeah. through. It's, it's really well done, like the, or, the or hide it, or hide in like the trash can, and then just grab that robot and just drag him into the trash can, and just hide and kill him while you're in the trash can. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking Psycho forward to checking that one out. Yeah. yeah. So if you're interested in budget cuts, like I say, it comes out on Thursday, the 31st of May on Steam. <laughs> 
so let's move on to our second bit of quick news, and that is the OSIC X headphones. Now, I don't know if you guys are aware of this one, but yes. this was a Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaign, and it was dubbed as the world's first 3D audio headphone that instantly calibrates uh, to the listener's sort of head. Uh, and they basically stated that they could uh, deliver incredibly accurate 3D sound by using sort of 3D audio algorithms and head tracking. Uh, and they said that it's going to be great for like music, games, movies, and of course, virtual reality. So a lot of people bought into these because they were like virtual reality enthusiasts and wanted to sort of step up their audio game because you could put these headphones on and then sort of be more aware sort of positionally around you where sort of footsteps were coming from or yeah. where items were coming from in game. So these things weren't cheap. They were like $219 starting off at the very sort of early bird model, which was like a limited supply of. Then you could move on to sort of $249, which was again a limited run. And then finally, the sort of basic price was $279. So they were pretty expensive headphones, but they had a lot of technology behind them that looked very interesting. Yeah. Um, they were due for release around January and February last year, 2017. Um, and the, the campaign was like wildly successful. Like they had sort of over 10,000 backers on Kickstarter, funded like $2.7 million in total from Kickstarter alone. Then they had another sort of 3.2 million from Indiegogo. So 6 million from crowdfunding alone. And then on top of that, they had a huge investment of another 6 million roughly. So they had around sort of 12 million to play with. And then just last week, they basically said, we're very sorry, we've spent all the money uh, you're not getting your headphones, basically. Um, so this is one of those things. It's really disappointing to see something like this happen because we've seen some amazing Kickstarter campaigns uh, for virtual reality, like the Oculus Rift was an originally a Kickstarter campaign that was very successful. And look where we are now with Oculus being the sort of huge company that is obviously owned by Facebook now. Let's not forget that that Kickstarter also didn't go really as planned, right? You know, they got bought <laughs> by Facebook before actually the Kickstarter was over. Yeah, and also there was a lot of delays as well, of, of course. Um, but it's just disappointing when these things happen because it, it, it puts people off in future maybe investing in these kind of things. And some of these things normally are moving technology in huge jumps, whereas, you know, big corporations like Sony and everyone else are doing little iterations to get the most money out of their product line. Whereas these companies are saying, like, no, we want to use the best technology right now and bring something that's revolutionary out right now. Yeah. So I, I'm a bit disappointed because obviously a lot of people were left, you know, spending money on something they never received. And that's always the risk with Kickstarter. You're just backing a, an idea. You're backing a project. You're not actually buying a product like you would in a shop. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, they took everyone's money. They shipped like a handful of them out, but not everyone's going to get them. Uh, they basically said that we've ran out of money. Uh, creating additional headsets requires more capital. Uh, we, we reached out to get some more funding, but that just isn't going to happen. And they basically just said, look, we can't deliver. We're really sorry. Um, the Kickstarter people basically said that under the contract, if a creator can't complete their project, then there are steps that they must follow to try and obligate their, uh, you know, their, their, their backers to the fullest extent possible. But if they try their hardest and they run out of money, then there's nothing they can do either. So the, the thing with Kickstarter is still, and I've said this already a couple of times on the show is you're not buying a product, you know, exactly. You're buying yeah. basically a service that says like, I'm going to ask a company to make that product. You're not buying a physical product. Yeah. And yes, a company can promise you to give you that product, but then yeah. The, the obligations for a company like that are very, very different compared to when you physically buy something in a shop or an online web store or whatever. Absolutely. It's, yeah. 
Yeah. It's it's a very and I often have with like because I I do like support Kickstarter for like you know novel ideas and that kind of stuff. But sometimes I think that the 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 projects that are on there are far too ambitious for like being on Kickstarter because if it mm. really is something that is worth you know such a large budget or such a large prize or such a uh, well um, is targeting such a large market then. If there's no bigger players like Sony, like uh, like Audio Technica, whatever, that are very invested in this kind of technology, are not working on this, there's already mm. something wrong. That the means problem that is, the not interested, or yeah. like I, because I've always thought with those 3D O6 hats uh, um, headphones, there, uh, there's a lot of software that can do this already on a very very high scale. And what you need for this kind of stuff is good audio input, and the headphones itself will always matter less for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I so, think when I saw the videos uh, doing a lot of research for the show, it seemed disappointing because it looked like very interesting technology and it looks like it would add to the immersion, like especially in virtual reality, if you could pinpoint really accurately where something was coming from. But you can actually, like, if, if you have very good audio, you can do that already. You, you, the audio mm. source that is recorded, if that is, like, binaurally recorded with, like, a, you have special microphones that can do mm. this. Well, there are very nice clips of that on YouTube. For example, the barbershop is a very famous one where your hair is being cut. And literally, like, the hairs on your neck will go and stand up. Like, if you're just using regular headphones, your hairs will go yeah. and stand up. You can exactly tell where the scissor is just because of the sound. And that's because yeah. it's recorded with a binaural microphone. So yeah. in audio, there's, like, a saying to say, like, a, a shit in, shit out. You know, if right. there's, like, crap right. that you have and you're going to yeah. have really expensive equipment, it will still sound like crap. You know, right. you need to first have that really good audio quality and then you will get Thing. And that's design, yeah. actually. Those are those parameters yeah. are designed. So if you don't have studios actually backing, not just having the equipment, but also the knowledge and know-how to deliver mm -hmm. to their audience, and and VR is still in a smaller place. There's some of the bigger titles that have had, you know, DTS optimization and stuff in the in their games, but these are titles that are selling millions of copies. You know, VR mm -hmm. doesn't really attract that today. Being an audiophile, yeah. I want to ask you guys one question, um, because I've noticed Oculus really support this area very well with the Rift. And the Go, both of those to me, I was I was impressed at what they have. Like the onboard audio on the Rift, the yeah. onboard audio on the Go. I'm like that to me is great because yeah. those are not just entry products for VR. They're also entry products for getting people into caring about sound. And that's what I was worried about with this headset. Um, and and even though the backers showed great support, selling audio is tough. So oftentimes yeah. you have to go into a store and listen to a pair of headsets yeah. to understand the, yeah. the difference. I mean, I mean, we we heard the story of, of Mike like buying those JBL. Uh, yeah, of course. Ones, you know, I, yeah. So, I'm personally yeah. not a big fan of the Oculus uh, of the Oculus Rift, but that's because the headphones that they're using are on ears, and I never really liked that. Yeah. I'm a much bigger fan of the uh, of the Oculus Go uh, audio actually. Like you know, yeah. no headphones at all, just yeah, like you it's know, incredible. The speakers built in. Yeah, well, so the, the amount of quality you get for for that kind of technology is is, is insane. Yeah. yeah, but then yeah, also the, the the games they offer and experiences on Oculus Go, like most of them or yeah. a lot of them, have been like well optimized as well. So like if 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 the developer knows how to play with audio too, then it's like Very like important. virtual virtual reality. You know, that's one of those examples where it sounds so so, so nice. good. Yeah, I think the thing with the the OSIC is that you know they had this positional head tracking built into the headset itself, and also that when you actually put the headset on and stretch it out, it uses an algorithm to measure like the the distance it stretched to sort of accommodate to different users' head shapes and sizes as well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it used a lot of interesting technology, and a lot of people like from the industry, like yeah. THX, really sort of said that the technology was was 
a, a great advancement and, and, and worthwhile. And I think that's why a lot of people are upset as well, that not only have they lost their money, but we're not going to get this product that had this potential, you know? Where, where, where did they spend all this money on them? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, they're they're all driving around right now. That's, that's the thing, if you have a product like this, because so much money, it goes into R&D. And I mean, yeah. you can think that that is a lot of money, but in R&D, a couple of million is literally nothing. Like, you know, yeah. in the lab where we work, which is like a very small lab, they spend millions a year just just developing new technologies. R&D is, is insanely pricey, insanely pricey. True. True. But they but they asked for a certain amount of money, so they they knew where they were wanted to go. So if you then don't know how to spend the money wisely or in the right, then but, that, but that's why I'm saying like you know if it's not a big company that's behind this, that's a very good reason why they're not. They're thinking first of all the R and D money that we need to put in this is going to be far too much, and uh, second off the maybe the target market is not going to be interested in this because the headsets yeah. are going to be too expensive or the the audio quality is not going to be that much of an improvement. It is an improvement. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Not doubting that. But at the same time, yeah. But we have seen this stuff before, and it, it's yeah. easy to get sucked into these kind of marketing things on Kickstarter, like I did as well with the uh, the sunglasses with the the bone conductive headphones. In you know, you watch these reaction videos of people going, "Oh my God, this is amazing! This is like next level audio. Like I've never seen anything or heard anything like this in my life." You, you <laughs> sort of quickly get like sucked into the whole like hype of it all. Yeah. You know, like like you know, the that's normal. That's normal. Like like the rocket shoes I backed. <laughs> oh, you did? No, no, I, I'm, I'm trolling you again here, but no, I didn't. I did, but it's still like one of the best examples, like the rocket shoes, you know. The, the best thing about that rocket shoes. The best thing about that campaign was that you didn't actually get the rocket shoes. You got a survival kit, and yes. you were just backing the idea. It was the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> did but, it? Did um, it ever make it? By the way, I don't. I don't think it did. I don't think it did. We should have some. Shit, we should. I was gonna make one um, final point there, Mike. Just yeah, sure. on that. So. You know, in terms of in you know in terms of this arena, like one of the things that I, I I've noticed very much with the Go is that the Go is, like, I I am such a fan of the Go, but I've got an IPD in the center. You know what I mean? And I've I've had a, a kind of somebody who's kind of part of our show who um who's big into VR and all that kind of stuff. Terribly disappointed with it because his his IPD is right the way out. Like you know he's quite yeah. I don't know if it's wall eyed or spaced widely, but yeah. the Go totally failed him. He can't use it. It's it's literally too blurry for for even use and. It's something that I want to mention about the audio is that not just like what we've got with VR headsets and having differences with the lenses. Like my wife go, looks at the Go and says she sees uh, God rays. I can't see any. Like in the sweet spot mm -hmm. for me is, is beautiful in the Go. So oh, really? the same thing is true for headphones. And that's why I said like winding back 10 years, one of the big things I love to do was go into shops and take 20 headsets and, and literally spend three hours just listening to the audio, you know, across these different headsets because like the one that you like is going to be so different and and audio is yeah. that way you know so it's just yeah. it's really it's a really interesting thing but i still find the need for brick and mortar shops for that kind of technology yeah it's a very personal thing isn't it it is a very personal thing you're right because everyone's head and ears and everything is different yeah. so one headset also, might sound better to you than another one it also depends what kind of color you like of the sound huh? if you like a very bassy sound or like a very natural yeah. or very clean very flat you know so many i thought you were going to say it all depends on what color you like you know you can have black ones it also adds up to the quality you know if you got yeah, those so fancy it's... gaming headsets then you're like well this must be the most overpowered headset ever and then it's just they just pump some bass in there like a lot of bass yeah. because that's what people yeah. 
So yeah, but it's true. I mean, Tim is totally right. It's even like when when I buy myself like new parts for my computer. If there's a new sound card in there, it's like, ah, but how how does it? Like it's so weird. Like everything changes a lot. Every every time you buy a new pair of headphones, like hey, but this one is it's it's worse. But then you start listening to it more. You give it a chance, and then it gets better. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's oh. a, it's a little different. Something people need to know: uh, if you're into audio. There is a thing called burn-in for headphones. It's about 100 hours. So when you buy a new pair of headphones, to get them actually operating properly and getting the resonance properly out of the out of the, the speakers and the headset, you need to burn them in. So oftentimes the recommendation is take an MP3 player or something, connect it up, and just leave it there playing away for about the first 100 hours, just a couple of days. If you don't do that and you pick up the headset, a lot of like high-end headphones, you'll listen to them and be like, this is really disappointing. Um, mm. So just bear in mind that's that's the requirement if you buy high end headphones. Funny thing as well, like back in my in my studio days, with a lot of like uh, big and small studios, actually this was they bought like a pair of really really crappy uh, um, uh, not headphones, like just boxes, audio boxes, like huh. really really bad one, and they would mix almost the entire uh, playset on those two little mix boxes, just a, not not even a two point one, but actually a two o kind of setup, yeah. and they did that. Just to get like, if the audio is good on those, then we can yeah. make sure that it's good on like you know the the thousands of euros really and dollars smart. that we have set here. So they always mix on those two point which is insanely funny to see because you see so much equipment of like thousands and thousands of dollars there, and then they are mixing on like those like two little <laughs> speakers uh, just to make sure that the audio sounds good on there. <laughs> that's how they that, that's how they know. Okay, awesome. now it's good. That's nuts. That's nuts. So moving on from audio to a little hedgehog. Uh, so yesterday, John Carmack from Oculus announced on Twitter that a re-release of Henry will be coming to the Oculus Go. Now, for those of you that have never met Henry before, he's a, uh, a, a little hedgehog that lives in a little house and it's his birthday and he's very upset because no one came to his birthday. Uh, but it was a really Once sweet a time, and charming little story. There was a little hedgehog uh, and it was narrated by uh, Elijah Wood as well. And it was sort of way back in sort of DK2 days that that came out. Out, right, Nathie? Uh, no, 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 it's like it came with like the, the 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 celebration of Oculus Home as a platform. It was like a free right. experience. Yeah. Right, right. So this this new version of Henry will use a new playback technology on the Oculus Go, which will allow 5K by 5K resolution at 60 frames per second to be played in the Oculus Go. So. Because the Oculus Go has slightly improved optics over the Rift, this could be really cool indeed. And it mm. could be like the sort of go-to application to show off the Oculus Go's capabilities to sort of friends and family. Um, and John Carmack says that this new technique will set the bar for immersive video quality uh, oh, in, in virtual reality. So it's, it's very exciting indeed. Uh, he did explain how all this sort of wizardry is done. So bear with me when I read this out because oh it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But he says... He said in a tweet, basically, I love this. It just starts off like basically. Uh, <laughs> it makes it makes 2K by 2K baseline, then extracts the core 5K by 2K section, 1K from each eye, then cuts it into 10 segments of which only three plus the baseline are decoded at one time. V-Sync locked frame release plus low latency <laughs> fast path audio 360 spatialization. I'm like, seriously, dude, you're like talking in like a beep boop, boop so robot this, language. Like this no one... So all these numbers means Henry and Oculus Go. Yeah. So, so okay. yeah, exactly. At 60 frames per second. I mean, yeah. I, I, I got yeah, it. I, I, do, I don't know what you have <laughs> yeah. a problem after. Yeah, man. Yeah, no problem, what, no problem. What, what he's basically saying is, 
It's going to look really nice on the Oculus Go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but I have to say, though, I was, I mean, I I kind of always, the thing is, I mean, I respect him by all means, but yeah, when he was course. talking about, like, mobile VR headsets, I was always like, yeah, yeah, whatever, like, you know, mobile <laughs> VR, this and that, and yeah. that. I don't really care. But when they came out with the Oculus Go, I kind of like, you know, he kind of like rose even more in like the, the things that he's doing now. So, I mean, if he's like, if he's saying that this is impressive, then it probably is going to be impressive. Yeah, and absolutely. if he says it would change the market, it will probably change the market. I'm, yeah. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But still, I'm, I'm happy someone is working on the 360 stuff because I watched way too many pixelated <sighs> things that I had to stream or download. And it, yeah. like, I, I watched what, more what, disappointing what 360s than 360 experiences that you watch. Well, yeah. I mean, you can ask Zim. I mean, Zim did some testing on that. So if hey, you really oh, want to know more about that. All the unicorn that. videos. Yes, all the unicorn yeah, videos. Yeah, the unicorn ones. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah. if, if you want to see an impressive uh, 360 on, on the go right now, download the Disney Movies app. Uh, you got some really high-quality 360s there. So if you are looking for some, some cool Disney adventures, then uh, that's the one. Yeah. Um, also, whilst on the subject of good 360 experiences, if you haven't tried it, I would also recommend the best one that I've ever tried was the Lego Batman one. If you've never <laughs> seen the Lego Batman movie, it is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, it's so, so funny. You can actually jump in the Lego Batmobile, and he's literally sitting right next to you it is so funny and, and the um, one we like... liked a while back was coco the the kind of uh, primer for that that was good on yeah. the rift but also i tried the go version and i was really surprised they actually managed to downsample that and even with the interactivity at the start where you're like you're a skeleton you're putting on different outfits mm. they actually translated it like it's 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 a fair offering it doesn't step too far away from the original experience so so mm. the coco vr mm. is another good one so um, John Carmack said that this will be coming soon to the Oculus Go as a native application. It's likely to be free, but he did warn, obviously, because of the um, the resolution and everything and the, the magic that they've used on this product, that it, the download will be pretty big, but we don't know any well, more details. And like, how, how, how does that work in like like power? Because will it also like use more power to do this or not? Is that not really... No, I don't think so. It'll probably be intensive for the, uh, the 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 CPU and that of the of the Go, so it might get a bit warm, like uh, the, you know, in intensive applications. But other than that, I think it'll be fine. The one yeah. thing I have to comment from uh, from Reddit, I saw a great quote. Someone said, "I count myself as an atheist, insofar as uh, it, unless we're allowed to count John Carmack as a god." <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. the guy the guy is a genius like he's up there like uh, he used to sort of uh, interact with Steve Jobs when it came to sort of like iOS design and stuff like that so the dude is legit so like yeah. Nathie says if he says something's impressive well, it's mean, likely going to be very impressive guy single-handedly changed PC gaming I'm sure that he knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. yeah he does. you guys are he talking does. technology all I fucking care about is doom you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah well let's see if this next topic will be on par with doom then to sort of whet your appetite there in because we're going to be talking about Rec Room Battle Royale. So the Rec Room developers against Gravity are at it again and they're coming up with another awesome update to Rec Room. If you've been living under a rock and you don't know what Rec Room is, it's basically a must-have free application for Oculus Rift, HTC Vive and PSVR and it's basically an application where you can sort of gather, socialize, uh, hang out and play sort of games cross-platform uh, with your friends. You know, it's, it's a great one for cross-platform play, right? So you can play with PSVR owners if you're in a Rift or a Vive or whatever. It's just, it just works and it works really well. 
So uh, previously, Rec Room has brought you some awesome quests like uh, Rise of the Jabbertron, which was like a kind of sci-fi laser quest kind of quest. And then they, they brought out recently Isle of the Lost Skulls, which is kind of a, a pirate-themed one, which me, Rowdy, and Zim jumped into. And, oh, man, we had a lot of fun playing that one, but we were just so bad at it that we just we didn't complete it. You. you. Uh, I'm pretty sure me and Zim were carrying you a lot of the time, Rowdy. I didn't want to mention it on the show, but, you know, now that you've brought it up. <laughs> but, um, but Rec Room, obviously, being on the huge success of, like, you know, PUBG and Fortnite very and, and, very and Battle Royale games are, like, super popular right now. Like, they're big news and yeah. they're bringing in big bucks for these companies. So it's, it's a great opportunity for them to dip their toe into the sort of arena. And um, before the show, I thought I'd go and check it out for myself. So if you're familiar with sort of uh, battle royale games, you tend to start in like a, a plane or a helicopter or a blimp or something. Uh, in Rec Room, you start off on a cable car. So uh, with uh, 16, 16 players in total and you're all on the cable car together. You can talk and chat to each other. And then the cable car doors open and you basically jump out on a glider uh, down to Frontier Island, which is like this sort of map. And uh, you're all sort of wearing backpacks. So you've got like, you can just reach behind your backpack, pull out the map and that will show you your location on the map. And then that's really important because there's a swarm of bees oh, <laughs> which, are, uh, which are closing in, which closes over time to sort of force players to sort of all meet <laughs> up in a central point. Um, but yeah, you know, once you've, uh, once you've sort of jumped out and you, you know, you land, you, like every sort of uh, battle royale game, you don't have anything. So you've got to search and scavenge for your weapons and items. So there's a big sort of dash to get to the boxes to open them and then find your weapons. And then you sort of can sort of start fighting with other players. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. I, uh, I, I, was, I was playing for around an hour. And uh, because I don't play Rec Room that often, like the last time I, I played was probably with you guys. Like I'm, I'm a real noob when it comes to the shooting ones. Uh, so I didn't even know how to reload my gun. <laughs> so I was just like unloading, like, yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't even know how to reload now. So I, I died like so many times before I actually got to grip with the mechanics of it. <laughs> Big mechanic question for you, Mike, because I saw it in the video. Yeah, sure. Is it teleport or is it smooth? Ah, that's a great question, very actually. What very, did. Yeah. very good question. Uh, at the very beginning, before you get into the game, they say, do you want to play teleport or do you want to play smooth locomotion? And depending on your choice, you'll only be playing with players that choose the same locomotion Thank method as you do. God. Yeah. yeah because otherwise, it wouldn't have been fair. Because you have people, you have always people that are complaining then when you're playing teleport. You've always people complaining when you're playing locomotion. But by just separating that, and they have the player base to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people yeah. that are playing Rec Room. Let's not forget, yeah, it's a free it. game, which is yeah. awesome. It's, yeah. I mean, if there's one game that I would recommend to every VR player, then it's, it is that one. Uh, it's recommend. social. The, what? Recommend. Recommend. Rec. Yeah, rec. Rec, 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 recommend. <laughs> I wasn't following. I was like, yes. computing, computing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the mini games in there are so much fun. And now this is being added as well, and it's still free. It's. Yeah. It's mind blowing. Yeah. It still amazes me like how they do this for free. But I think we I, mentioned I, it in a previous show that yeah. eventually they're gonna have yeah, like they, in-game items that you can they, buy. Yeah, but... they, they they already like advanced with the pro like like the the uh, progression system where you can buy items now. As far as I know, so I'm sure like the cosmetics thing is gonna be the. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're just gonna do Rec Room two later on. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so it's, smart. It's so it's, smart. Like, the updates are so nice. Like yeah. Game just it, it's how long has it been like existing already like two years 
yeah yeah that's that's impressive and still having a player base man like wow and they and, update and, the and game like every week like seriously they do they they chuck an update out all the yeah. time but it was funny because like um i actually after i sort of played it to a bit and got used to the mechanics and and the reloading which is obviously important uh, i actually managed to get to, to number two like Whoa. uh spot with with five kills and i was like i was actually like buzzing <laughs> afterwards and it's been a while because I, I don't really play competitive multiplayer games much but you, do you know when you sort of like really get into like multiplayer games and you get like mm. really like that adrenaline boost when you're sort of like, you know, think you're going to win a game? Obviously, I didn't. But, you know, I was close enough to get my sort of heart racing a little bit. So uh, I kind of got that buzz off it a little bit that I really sort of want to go back and play some more now. Awesome. That's a really good sign. People are yeah. saying in the chat so that the only downside is that uh, people, people are currently teaming up. And with only 16 players in a map, single players have almost no chance to win. I was right. just about to mention the same so, thing because I was going to ask, I was going to say, if, are we going to yeah. be able to play together? Because if so, then that's a loophole. Yeah, party system. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Well, the issue at the moment, like, unless, unless it's 4v4v4v4, v4 v4, then it's pretty unfair. Yeah, so people can, can team up, and uh, a lot of people were having those sort of team up pre chats before like jumping out of the cable car. But like, I, I came across like a couple of two players like playing together. Obviously, there's a lot of kids playing, so you know, I just slotted those noobs. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if, if you're good, like, I was gonna say, some deer hunter's yeah. gonna be great for you, all right? Yeah, I guess I'm practicing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like, um, how can how can you how can you really like? You can't really do much about that, as far as I know. No. Like when I'm, I played a, a couple of rounds in Fortnite, but as far as I know, if you do a solo there, then you can't even make a party in the first place. No, so, well, but since there are rooms there, you can yeah. just say like, "Hey, join this room." If 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 it's just throwing you into a random room. That yeah. would be a lot better. Yeah, but you could, for, for example, just agree with each other. I, if you see me, like we're gonna meet there. We're not gonna yeah. kill each other. You yeah, can always it, do that. Huh? It's an immediate problem. It's a design. It's a game design issue because on one side, rec room, we all know, it's a meet your friends, play with your buddies. You know, it's a hangout with people game, and that's yeah. the social glue. Whereas battle royale is kind of the kind of the opposite to an extent. It, it, it's funny because I landed on one point and this guy was near me, and I picked up a, a sniper rifle and I was like aiming at his head, and he was like, "Dude, dude, don't kill me, don't." kill me let's just team up for a bit and i was like yeah sure let's go let's go so like i, I said oh there's a loot box over here so he opened it and pulled out a grenade and just dropped it on the floor and killed us both <laughs> i'm like dude <laughs> seriously yeah, so, but so, like that that's also something i'm afraid of since rec room has a lot of kids on there yeah. the, the level of seriousness or the the way you kind of want to play it is not really going to happen there but, like if you you know what yeah. i mean but we have an advantage because these kids, they were just screaming their heads off like the whole time. You can hear them like a mile away. So I was just like sneaking up on them. Yeah, okay. yeah. Hey, <laughs> you scream you scream as, as much as you want, little Timmy. You're about to get captured, Mike, my friend. Mike, the creep in action. I think I saw Mike today in, in Rec Room in Battle Royale and he was like taking like one kid hostage. He was like, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna die if you don't give me this loot box. You know, you wanna trade? You wanna have this little Oompa Loompa? Yeah, I already you know. see like, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna be playing some more Mike, tonight. Mike, Mike, sure. Mike is like, 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 shh, and then he's like, just like, like Splinter Cell, you know, like, yeah. like Drop, dropping from a tree. I like how you <laughs> all go super gangster when it's talking about slaughtering kids. Drop you guys in the Bronx. Let's see how well you fare. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, JD Max, the game gets says that they're working on it right now, but it's uh, it's a bit crazy. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, this is the thing. Like, this weekend is just a test. Like, it, the, the full thing isn't actually released yet. Oh, so it, it, it started yesterday, Friday the 24th, and will run until tomorrow, Sunday the 27th. And uh, you can free, you can check it out for free, obviously, uh, but then they'll release it as a full feature in the future. But I'd urge you to check it out because it is a lot of fun. The only thing that frustrated me was that they've got a mechanic where you can um, attach things to your belt, and that didn't really work so well. So you can attach a potion or a spare gun. Uh, but yeah, that, that sort of was really sort of hit and miss, and a lot of the time it just dropped to the floor. Potion? Well, what kind of potions do you mean? Like uh, You can have a health potion, which is green, or you can have a blue potion, which boosts your uh, overall sort of HP. Yeah. Oh, and how can you see that? Do you have like a like a HUD or something? Or Yeah, you have a small HUD at the bottom, which represents your health, and then you can see how many players are left. And then also on the right, you've then got your, your ammunition for, for your gun, how, how many bullets you got left. Okay. Yeah, it's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're interested, you can check that out. But like I say, check it out this weekend because otherwise you're going to be waiting a little while. Uh, so next up, we're going to be talking about the Forest uh, VR. And like Zim mentioned at the very beginning of the show, uh, it was one of those games that kind of originally launched in early access on Steam about sort of four years ago now. So it's relatively old in terms of games, uh, but it's just come out of early access now. So it's like a fully fledged game now, a bit like Subnautica, you know, that, and I'm sure there'll be some comparisons between the two games as well. Mm. Um, but the developers, uh, N-Night Games, uh, they've been updating the title ever since, obviously, it came out. Uh, and they've always been talking about sort of a VR release of the game. Uh, but that didn't come out, obviously, until they finally released it out of early access last week. Um, but if you're not familiar with the premise of The Forest, uh, it's, it's sort of fairly simple in that you start off on a plane. <laughs> you have this kind of epic plane crash that you're actually a part of. Uh, in VR, which is pretty terrifying in itself. Uh, I'm not a fan of flying, so it'll be interesting to check this one out. Um, but then you land on this kind of mysterious forest area that's inhabited by some strange cannibal creatures that want to sort of eat you up and and, and mess you up. And you've kind of got to like learn how to sort of build a shelter and scavenge wood and food and items and to survive and basically stay alive. Um, but I've never actually played the game, but you've you've had time to check it out, right, Zim? You've had some sort of hands-on time with the game. Yeah, I think one of the one of the things that people well there's a few things to mention, right? First off, if you have the forest originally from 2D days, this is a free patch. So mm. that's a cool thing. Second thing is, if you're like disappointed that at the moment multiplayer isn't an option because uh, the game normally supports multiplayer, building bases, etc. Uh, again, that's coming. But also, there is a trick to this at the moment. If you get one player who is a, uh, a, a kind of a flat gamer, two D gamer, uh, they can invite VR friends, and actually, you can do a multiplayer game that way. So that's kind that's of a cool. That's a cool trick that, you know, Reddit uh, taught me. I haven't used it yet, I'm afraid. So that's something that I think is, um, if you're interested in gaming with friends and you both, as I said, have, or, or several of you have uh, The Forest, then definitely check that out. In terms of the game, I would say it reminded me first and most heavily of, of Ark, um, Survival Evolved, mm -hmm. back in when it had uh, VR support. And that's not to say that the quality was that level. No, the quality is no. far much better. I could tell Nate okay. was already about to jump on that. <laughs> yeah, you, you're brave comparing like Ark uh, Survival Evolved with like... Call, calling Ark a VR game even. Well, well. Um, so it it had some it had some chance, but it, it never ever ever transpired, uh, and it was awful quality. This is not this is not bad. It's totally playable. Um, I was a bit nervous because I was seeing reports of of bugs, and yes, there are bugs in the game. One of the things that I didn't realize, uh, and I don't think this is a spoiler, the plane when it crash lands does not always crash land in the same place. 
So your mm -hmm. surroundings are different. You could almost call it procedural, but really it's kind of like a almost like a, a battle royale game. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just so it means location on the map. And, and the cool thing is that as you're as you're surviving, um, Mike, you compared this to Subnautica. Um, I'd also say the Solus Project. So these games require you to survive, and there's an, an element of keeping yourself, you know, not hungry, uh, not too cold, all those kinds of things. And they're here as well. Um, what I would say is that as a survival game, the the crafting system is probably the least annoying crafting system that I've seen in VR. Uh, whereby you have like a book of recipes and the recipe book is very easy to interact with and when you are collecting materials uh, like the logs you see on the shoulder in the video that we're running at the moment um, when you're carrying materials back to your base or whatever actually what you see is like this ghosted object and you can just collect pieces bring them back and kind of like add bits on like sticking bits mm. on so until mm. you've completed it you can't use it but you can still kind of see its ghost shape there which means you can either have literally a ghost town of stuff you haven't managed to build yet, or you can kind of pace yourself and build building by building. But I found there were all these different types of things. Like there was a water collector, which you have to murder some tortoises, get their shell, get that inverted on a couple of stakes, and then that'll collect water if and when it rains. Uh, you know, there's, all, there's, a cool. whole, there's a whole host of different things. Um, and I, I did find that the crafting system was the main thing that stood out. And like Sayub, uh, which is like a Minecraft-esque mm. uh, VR game, it has a tree felling system whereby you have to actually go around the base of a tree trunk, yeah. axing away, chopping wood oh. away, and there's like wood chips flying. That's awesome. And and yeah. even massive tree trunks, like they fall like with this lovely picturesque uh, kind of toppling so, over. So wait, wait, wait. So if I play like soon a multiplayer with, let's say, Rowdy or you mm. or Mike, I can just crush someone with a tree. I have, you know what? I because I'm on my first playthrough, <laughs> like, hey, Mike, I haven't hey, yet. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. <laughs> Timber. <laughs> all, all, oh. I, all I had myself do, and Mike, I have to say throughout the whole thing was, uh, I was singing, I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. You know, like the whole <laughs> yeah. time, I'm just swinging yeah. away. So, yeah, do they have like a duo saw as well, where you can just do it with like together? Can you do that? <laughs> We could do that. Well, let's let's make a video, Nathan. Let's do that. But um, I think we, I think I'd say overall, um, Subnautica is way more polished. Late game Subnautica has some really annoying bugs in VR at the moment. Um, but Subnautica is probably the game that I would probably recommend out of all the survival games that I've played. Solus right. Project it feels a little bit more isolated, as in there's a lot less happening, less less interaction. Um, the forest you mentioned, the creepy things. There's tr there's tribes around, and they do not hold back. This is definitely a mature game. Uh, you will see stuff that you don't really want to see. I think Rowdy saw me and the stewardess. But anyway, let's just forget that that happened. Uh, you, you end up with bloodied hands a lot of the time. And you can you can chop the heads off of everything from a shark to a bird. Uh, I mean, this game is not a faint of heart kind of game. And, and okay. the things that attack you are violent. So that's that's where I'm going to leave it. Um, it oh, there man. are bugs. There are plenty of bugs in the game, uh, but it, it is totally playable. I've seen you stream, and uh, I have to say, like those things, they freak me out. Like especially because they, the, the the thing that I think that the forest does so well is the is the audio. Like you know, you you hear like something good. whistling in the in in the in the in the bush, and you think like, oh, is that one of them? Is that one of them? And then all of a sudden, you hear like someone laughing. Like they have like that kind of weird like kind of voice That's tone weird. that they use as well. Oh, yeah. it's, it freaks me out when they do that. But. Uh, it's like survival game, but in the meanwhile, you're like in a, in like a horror movie as well, where where you're like in a forest and you have no idea what's going on, what's living there, man. Yeah. And oh. so, so VR Zim, tip. you said like I was gonna say, just, I just got Rowdy just reminded me one VR tip for our friends playing the forest: if you happen to be swimming in murky waters, 
Don't leave your door open to have your dog's cold nose go up your trouser leg. Because uh, I thought I was getting... I thought a shark was about to kiss my jewels. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty scary. That's brilliant. So, Zim, like, out of the games, like you say, so you, out yeah. of the Solus Project, Subnautica and this, you would maybe say Subnautica has the edge in terms of, like, a survival crafting game in VR right now? For now, by far. Um, yeah. And I would say this one will battle with Solus Project. Solus Project is actually... It's good, but it's UI. It's, it's kind of um, UX, it's interface, and it's audio aren't quite as good as this. Yeah. This one, the fact that we've waited two plus years for this game to come out, it shows that they've buffed it a bit. As I said, there's right. yeah. there's bugs, but that's, for me, that's they're the forgivable. Thing, that's the thing a little bit. Like, you know, uh, it's also with the Forza, it's made by, I think, a team of four guys. Four I'm guys, yeah. yeah. I think there's wow. only four guys working on that. Uh, and to give them some credit as well, I mean, it is. it feels more like a VR game than Subnautica feels like a VR game. Subnautica is nice, but you can't play it with motion control. Right? Fair you enough, still, yes. Uh, 100%. 100%. So, I, I mean, I in, in terms of that, I, I do give the forest a little bit the edge of like, okay, maybe the game itself isn't as good as Subnautica, but the VR integration, I think, is better. And that could change oh, for me yeah. because I haven't played that far. I mean, there are things that happen in the game that haven't happened to me yet. Uh, so I'll yeah. report back in future weeks anyway, Mike. <laughs> are you going to be planning to stream that one more over the yeah, coming absolutely. weeks? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you're interested in checking out some some VR streams, you know, head over to Zim's Twitch stream. You can see him get eaten alive by cannibals in a forest. Hey, <laughs> I have to warn people, though, like, be careful if you watch with headphones because Zim can... Can have because a very high pitched voice. Yeah. Very high pitched. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it firsthand. Usually when he starts laughing in this podcast, I'm just <laughs> I go back, you know. That's that's what I do. So um, moving on from the forest then, let's uh, talk about our final topic, and that is some Vive Focus updates. So uh, if you're not familiar with the Vive Focus, it's a standalone headset from HTC, which uh, provides six degrees of freedom in the headset, three degrees of freedom in the controller. Now, the headset is only available in China right now, unless you import one, um, and it retails for around 600 bucks. Is that is that right, Nathy? 600 bucks? I think that's about uh, right. Yeah, 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 600. Um, so at the ecosystem conference uh, in China this week, HTC announced some updates for the Vive Focus. They simply call these updates System Updates 2.0. <laughs> Very imaginative. Um, but in they, they said that they've got some cool features coming to the, the Vive Focus. And the first one I want to talk about is uh, Six Degrees of Freedom uh, controller update. Yep. Now, they just teased about this. They, they were very sort of light on exact information about it. But what they said was that they can make the three degrees of freedom controller feel more like a six degrees of freedom controller by utilizing the two front facing cameras to capture the movements of the yeah. player's hand yeah. and the controller. So that's really interesting. And I was like, OK, I was thinking about this. I was like, OK, so if they're going to use those cameras for that function, how will that then affect the positional tracking function? Like, can the cameras do both at the same time, or is it just going to be a case of one or the other? But like uh, I say, we don't know what the score is with this because they were very light on yeah, details. Sounds janky to me. Sounds like it's you're going to have... Because you know how it is. If you have any hand interruption, you know, and if you're getting the hand interruption even every 30 seconds or every two minutes, like, it just becomes so, like, I just don't yeah. want to use it like that. Yeah, so that'd be very interesting. But if they can do both at the same time and actually pull this off, then it sounds really interesting indeed because I know, you know, we've got the Lenovo Mirage Solo, we've got the Oculus Go, we've got the the, the Vive Focus. Mm. But with these kind of updates, it makes the Vive Focus certainly more appealing for someone like myself. Um, 
They're gonna make us all buy one of those ugly Crocs, aren't they? But like, yeah, I mean, like the Vine Focus. Gonna have to get one. I, I'm. I said this before, but haven't played with it. There's no way I would pay that money over a go. It's just not yeah. a superior headset in any way. So that way. So let me let me tell you about the other update. So maybe that will sway your mind. I'd love to know to see if your your thoughts on it's changed. <laughs> so you guys, I fed end. you this update, Mike. Yes. Uh huh. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah what yeah. was this? <laughs> so um. But like I say, about just uh, moving, just while I, I, I'm touching on the controller and the six yeah. degrees of freedom update, um, they're saying that developers can play around with this in the next couple of weeks um, and start That's integrating good. that into their games. But we're not going to see it as consumers until later on in the year. And plus, to be fair, we're not going to see it as consumers anyway because we can't buy one just yet in the US or in the Europe. So we're going to have to wait till later on in the year to get one ourselves anyway, unless you import one, of course. Um, when was that coming, other- Mike? Do you remember? So later on in the year, they're saying sort of Q3, Q4. Okay. So yep. um, that, that's for that update and when you can buy it over here as well. Good. So the other feature that they talked about was Steam VR streaming to the Vive Focus. Now, this is very interesting. What they're saying is that you can wirelessly stream PC VR games from Steam and Viveport over a 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi connection to your Vive Focus. So that's going to be interesting because that means that you're completely untethered. You're playing PC VR experiences no, on a standalone headset. That, isn't that just the, the Steam app that just got recently launched? Steam because Link? Because there's an app where you can... Yeah, the Steam Link app that is now like on your phone as well. No, so they're using similar technology. What they're actually using is uh, an application called RiftCat VRidge. Uh, oh. I don't know if you're aware of this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's a, it's like an Android application because obviously you know like the Oculus Go and the Lenovo Mirage, uh, the Vive Focus uses Android as its base platform. Mm. And using this RiftCat VRidge software, you can stream mobile content to a mobile device yeah. that's running Android. So whether that be a mobile phone, a Google Cardboard, Oculus Go, Gear VR, whatever it may be. I still want to see it though. Like how how is the latency or something like that? Like of course. Well, they they're saying that you're going to need a five gigahertz Wi-Fi network for this to work because of latency i would imagine and you know it's the same sort of speed that the you know the the intel wireless uh, technology is going to use as well so that's you know if they can five, get the latency right then it'll be interesting five gig is I, I know dual that, band. Uh, that's the reason mike yeah so you, i mean yeah. two, 2.4 i know i know that single. eric is in the in the chat maybe he has some more info on that because i think he recently tried one as well mm-hmm. uh, maybe you know some more about like the latency and the how that works with like yeah. a wireless uh, yeah. yeah, I think the most interesting thing about this is like it's all well and good being able to stream this content straight to your headset, but it's what controllers are you going to use to interact with the game itself? Like they're saying that the three off focus yeah. controller will work, but yeah, well, how many games are you going to be able to? Use? I'm going to play Rocket League with that. <laughs> well, no, 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 I like uh, there, there must be some simple like I think like platform games could be fun. I think that could yeah. work. Yeah, and and they are saying as well that you can pair like a traditional gamepad, like an Xbox controller or a compatible PC controller, and play games using controller that way. Because obviously your controller will be paired to your PC, mm. the stream will just be running so, to your your headset. Yeah, but it's just whether or not that they can actually take advantage of the the, yeah. the, the Steam VR library to actually sounds have like, a proper. It sounds VR a lot like the um like the Steam the Steam box the Steam Link that that yeah. sold for. It was initially like sixty bucks, and then they ended up oh. discounting it to like five or something like that. And yeah. and I've I've heard both very positive and negative reports based on home networks and how they work. So this is one of those feet. All I read into this actually is that HTC are going. Oh God, the Go is lashing us right now. What can we give people to maybe steal a little bit of the thunder? 
And they yeah, both maybe. sound like janky updates to me, but let's uh, see if they pull it off. It still sounds like they're not really uh, planning to compete with the Go in the first place. They are mm. not in a hurry at all. And I, I don't know what they want to do with, with, with the Focus exactly. It's from a different price range because it's also a different headset. It's yeah. not the same as the Go. The Go is a total... Like, they are not in, in the same lineup as... You know, you have, like, the Oculus Go, you have the Oculus Rift, you have, you have all kinds of things in between. But, yeah, if you... You could compare it in a way, but on the other side, you can't compare it because it's it's much more expensive because it has more features or different features than the Go has. So it's kind of like on it? I mean, like, what do you? What is the attraction? It's, I a, mean... it's, a, it's a developer kit, yeah, just like is. when you played with the DK1 and the DK2. You're playing some 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 nonsense, maybe. In China, they do have a lot of like oh, like content already. Okay. Um, so I think. Ever, Eric, by the way, says that the, the controller works, but it only has three usable buttons. So there's only three oh. three buttons on it on the controller. Right. right. And so also, the, uh, we have uh, uh, Nolo. I, I, I don't know if you guys know that uh, Nolo yeah. that is something that allows like six degrees uh, freedom tracking on the Gear VR. Yeah, of course, of course. And I think we will be talking about the Nolo in a future episode uh, because it is a very interesting topic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but talking about the uh, the Vive Focus, like it's an interesting move for them because, like you say, the Go has got this great library of games, you know. Whereas, but if you can get the Vive Focus to work well with this whole library of Steam VR content, then you've got an even bigger library of content there as well. So it would be interesting to see if they could combine both the streaming feature of uh, the well, Steam that's VR that's and exactly. the Freedom update as well. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly the problem. This is what HTC Vive has been like suffering from from the start is like the content. If, if like they, like Oculus makes their own games. They, they uh, had the Gear VR platform for a while and now they have to go and it works with the Gear VR app, so you have so much content. Well, HTC still needs to build it up. Mm-hmm. Well, Oculus mm-hmm. had a like like a, 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 they are they had a head start basically. You They've know? got a magic yeah. bullet though. They just haven't fired it yet. Well, any they, Valve they, title, they, any single Valve title on any single HTC uh, but, platform. But it, like like just a wild guess. Now we're going into the Valve uh, like section <laughs> again. Let's say like Valve made a Steam machine. They made a Steam Link. What if they make? Uh, let's say some sort of Oculus Go as well, where they say like, "Hey, this whole Steam Link thing, it works. We have the, the Steam Gamepad as well, and we got a new one that works in VR too." And and it like, comes with Half Life Three. I, the... I, yeah, but their hardware <laughs> has been rubbish. It but, really but has not taken really off. About mobile, they're not very into the mobile. I, I got all of that hardware, by the way. I got Do the you? Steam controller. I absolutely yeah. love it. Like yeah, it, no, it, it allows me to play first-person shooters uh, without a mouse. I, lo- I love the hardware that that uh, I got a Steam Link. I got yeah. the I got the um, um, the Steam controller. I, I immediately bought it as soon as it came out. And also, by the way, uh, Nate, your brother says that he thinks that the the Vive is actually um, aiming for the Focus to be a competition for the Santa Cruz when it comes out. Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. That's what I wanted to say. It's it's a different. It's it's in a different lineup. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Or compete with that one than with the Oculus it's Go. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a consumer product because I thought this is boxed consumer product that's available in China. It is, it is in China, and like Nathan uh, says, it's not, got a it's library not a of games in China. There, if you want to buy one in China, you need to order one through the website by filling in your your uh, company name and all that kind of stuff. It's right. not like you can just walk into a store. Like oh, when my right. brother picked one up, he was just at like some kind of warehouse, and they had to like give him one there. But it's not something you can just buy as a consumer. So it's really a developer's kit. Yeah. It could even be that that the the actual uh, Vive Focus is gonna look a lot different than this one. You know, it's that it, that I don't know. It's 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 not a prototype. 
but yeah. it's more like a development. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. Um, Eric said uh, that uh, another few things that they added was a passenger mode and see-through mode for three degrees of reading in a vehicle to watch movies and pass through and light yeah. AR applications. All, all right, Eric, do you want to be the host of the show? Like, Jesus, yeah. you're going to steal all the content? Hey, Eric, please, <laughs> please, please, Mike is, Mike is a... Like, uh, Please. Yeah. yeah that's uh, a question yeah, I had. <laughs> Mike, you're doing more more content than uh, than on Go than than anyone else here. Yeah. Uh, question. So, the there's a mode in the Go that's it's like travel mode. What is that? Do you know? No, I haven't seen that. Where no. Where is that? I think it's on. Maybe it's just Netflix app or something. But there's a right. there's there's a for when you're watching something, it's like a travel mode or a. I don't know what it does. I, I like turn yeah. it on, turn it off. I have no idea. If, if anyone in chat knows, please enlighten yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. But like Eric, Eric's right in that you know the, there is some updates as well that that add to the comfort. If you're traveling with the the Vive Focus, then you can turn off the positional tracking, so it will just be three degrees of freedom on the headset, and then you can wear it on a plane oh, or a train or in a car comfortably. Um, they've also added another update which uh, allows you to use the pass-through cameras to actually see your surroundings as well. So, you know, you don't have to take the headset off. And apparently the the sort of head of HTC walked on stage with it on uh, using that function to sort of walk up onto the stage so we can That's see your surroundings. That's very cool, actually. That's yeah. very cool. Also on the travel mode, apparently that maintains the screen in the middle of your field of view. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's what travel and, mode does. Okay. And... Uh, the thing is, like, just going back quickly to the controllers and this kind of and and, and streaming um, content to the the Vive Focus is that you can actually install Riftcat V Ridge right now if you've got a Vive Focus, yep. like you've imported one. Uh, it's available on Viveport, and then you can try it out for yourself and start streaming some some VR content from your Steam library and, okay. and check it out yourself. So, so I, can, I can try it for science. You could you could put oh. put your your mind, body, and soul on the line. Yeah, for us. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just a couple more uh, little updates. Uh, Seagate are partnering up with HTC to make an external battery pack that also has a storage solution built into it, oh, which yeah. is going to attach to your belt. It's got like, like a little belt clip. And uh, then you could just run a cable straight up to your headset and you can have some extra battery life and some additional storage there as well. So that's a very interesting product. Mm, um, and then finally, uh, some HTC uh, smartphones that are compatible with the uh, the Vive Focus will enable you to get mobile updates and notifications in the Focus itself. So say if you get like a text message or a phone call, well then you can answer that in the headset without having to take it off. Um, but obviously it's limited to certain HTC smartphones. Uh, but that's kind of interesting. But for me, I don't know, like when I'm in VR playing games or like watching movies, certainly in the Oculus Go, I like the fact that I'm not being distracted by my, my mobile phone or like people around me. Do you know what I mean? just kind of get really immersed into the movie or the game that I'm playing without the constant notifications on my phone. Because even my phone being here right now, it's yeah, a constant exactly. distraction when I get a text message or a, an email notification. I'm constantly looking at it. And that's so, exactly the opposite of my wife. She's like, get out of the fucking go and pay attention to your family. No, no, no. <laughs> it does happen. Yeah. Is, there, is there like a family mode too for Zim that he can turn on, like next to the passenger <laughs> mode? Well, Zim might be interested in, in, in a function in the Oculus Go, that is, uh, that you can actually use a pattern lock to unlock it. So if you've so, left it on some questionable content, then you can lock it up and no one's going to yeah. be exposed to whatever you're into. So Thanks. there we have it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
So yeah, if you're interested in the Vive Focus, you're obviously going to be able to pick one up later on in the year. Some of these yeah. updates and stuff like this that they're working on now will probably be like be key features when they finally do launch it. And uh, you know, like you mentioned as well, there's probably a lot of developers right now that are playing around with the technology and working on some some cool games for this mm. platform. I really hope so. Anyway. Um, so yeah, unless you've got any questions, I'll just quickly uh, recap um, the show times sure. and uh, and wrap this this baby up. So um, just a reminder, obviously, it is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show. It's live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. You can tune into the live show, which I would recommend. You can sort of interact with us, ask us questions at the show times of 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. If you missed the live stream, you can catch up with the re-upload on my own channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. Or you can check out the audio version, which is available on Google Play Music, iTunes, and on SoundCloud. So, yeah, I, I got one one more comment to make. I was this week actually quite impressed with the amount of content that is actually coming out. Like we got the Forest, we got Rack Room, we got Arch Archangel, we got uh, Budget Cuts that is coming out next uh, week. Brewmaster, exactly. Brewmaster. Arizona so, Sunshine DLC. Red Matter. So there's like a there's so much content I can barely like play everything at the moment. Literally can't keep up. Hey, I welcome, literally can't keep up. Welcome yeah. to the yeah. That's all right. <laughs> you, you don't need to sleep, Rowdy. That's my top tip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just uh, sleep ah. in, vir in virtual reality and you'll be fine. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. And, and it's, a, it's a great problem to have. Um, you know, a little a while ago, we, we were saying that we were very sort of light on content and now we're sort of overwhelmed by the amount of content we've got to play. Yeah. Developers listen to us. They made a lot of content. They're big fans of this podcast. Ah, I think exactly. so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. They, they just they, okay. they, like they worked on their games for like like five years, and now they're like, okay, they 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 uh, start complaining. Now we release our game. This is the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So unless we've got any more questions, we'll wrap this one up. I hope you guys and girls have enjoyed this one as much as we have enjoyed making this one for you because we're having a ton of fun interacting with each other, talking about VR. Obviously, we love yes. VR. We're very passionate about it. But also, we love being able to sort of do this live and interact with you at the same time as well. Um, so, yeah, check out the uh, – no, no, was it NOLO we were going to say? Yeah, NOLO. NOLO. Uh, we yeah. will be talking that, about that in a future episode for sure, and it's going to be a very interesting one because it adds six degrees of freedom to like a, an Oculus Go or a Gear VR. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that one. So I hope you guys and girls have enjoyed this one, and we will see you on next week's episode. Until then, bye-bye. Bye! -bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.